Last summer, it was Kevin Durant wanting to go to the Phoenix Suns. This summer, Damian Lillard wants to go to the Miami Heat. What's the same? What's different? We'll give you our haters guide, our Phoenix guide to the Damian Lillard talks on today's episode of Locked on Suns. You are Locked on Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past six seasons, a writer at suns.com, and the host of the Just Basketball Show, wherever you get your podcasts. A big thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen. Happy Thursday. The week is almost over. Summer League is almost over, but the offseason is in full swing. We're here for you every single day. All you got to do is hit follow or subscribe, search Locked On Suns wherever you listen or watch podcasts, including YouTube. We're free everywhere. We're here every day. Become an everyday or get locked on to your favorite team, the Phoenix Suns, throughout the offseason and beyond. A lot to talk about today. When it comes to the offseason and some news at the end, Aaron Edwards is here as he is every week to help us sift through what is going on in Suns world. Although in this case, we're going to take a quick flight to the Pacific Northwest, the city that I know you have uh, some connections in and a little bit of a fondness for Aaron. And um, I have to admit, we're going back to the Durant talks. We're transporting ourselves back about a year exactly here. And I'm not going to lie. I think that was the prime of this podcast. I think that uh, <laughs> every single show that I did from about June 30th through about September when the boardroom logoed uh, team statement came out was peak locked on suns. Um, ever since then, I've just been going downhill. I know I have a lot more subscribers than I used to. I know there's a lot more to talk about now than there was then, but, uh, I, I'm not going to lie. Anyone who was there back then, that was, that was where it was. Um, but let me just ask you this. Let me ask you a real question here, because I, I think the similarities and the parallels are unmistakable. It's two older players who might've fudged the timing of their, of their demand request, whatever you want to call it. Two guys who, Everybody thinks love basketball too much to really be jerks about it and guys that only have one destination on their minds. I have some other ways that I think there's some similarities and differences, but I I think the obvious ones are right there. Do you think this plays out the same way we saw the Durant thing play out? Do you think there's a, a wrinkle still to come? Or where do you land on this Lillard sweepstake? this this saga that is already feeling very similar to last summer i think last week or something i tweeted just the entire playbook for it i was like all right this is how it's gonna happen miami fans you're gonna forget about it for a little bit because it's (laughs) taking too long and then you're just gonna be like this is never happening it was really fun it's weird we got tricked whatever and then you're gonna go through the season not really thinking about it you're gonna be like god this team can't win a ring I don't think this team as it is can win a ring, but we can't do anything else about it. And then one day before the Super Bowl, you're going to be like, Kevin Durant plays for who now? And that's how it's going to be. Like, it's going to be a bunch of other dudes getting moved. And you're going to be like, oh, man, like, are we going to make a move? Like, our dude's just sitting here. And then out of nowhere, like, he's finally going to get what he wants. And everybody that was fighting the deal that was probably talked about in the summer, even like I think the deal that we g- wanted to give them was probably what we already like we're gonna give them during the summer. I think somebody just 
waited to say yes. I think the deal that's already been explained is going to be the one that happens in February for Dane, but everybody's just kind of being jerks about it. Yeah, I'm not sure they can wait till February, but we can get to that later. I think the interesting part is exactly where you just got to, which is this idea that the the I, I've been messaging with this Pelicans fan because I started out blogging about the Pelicans like 10 years ago, and I still have people uh, who follow me who care about that team. But it is interesting because obviously they come from a smaller market, and, and that's a factor in this with the Portland part of it that wasn't quite the same way, you know, with Brooklyn and Phoenix being the two major players last summer. And, you know, his point was basically one of the main distinctions is the Nets – didn't actually ever want to trade Durant in the first place. And I, I like, so we'll get to the part of it of whether the, 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 the Blazers can afford to play it the same way. I tend to think that they can't because they don't have Kyrie Irving and a, a cast of role players to convince that Lillard that they can actually compete. That's literally why he de- demanded a trade, yeah. whereas Durant, it was a little different. But I wonder, it's even funny to look that there's an, an ownership cloud hanging over this Portland situation too that's kind of getting talked around but not exactly talked about. That team could end up being sold at some point in the not-too-distant future, and that's probably a factor here, and that was the same with the Suns. Do you think the Suns ever actually made an offer that included Mikhail Bridges last year uh, or not? I don't think they did. I think that was – and I think that was James Jones's hang-up. I think – like, it seems like that's what Ishbia was like, do it. Like, no, do that one. <laughs> and no more hanging on to this. Like, just do it and get it out of the way. I think that's what Ishbia's big change was. I think James Jones was pretty sad on never giving up my kill. Yeah, I think but, you're right. Like, I, mean- I tweeted to you. I was like, there's no Mikel in this. Like, there's mm-hmm. no player that's really holding this up. Tyler Hero's not holding this up. Duncan, no. Rob- Duncan Robinson's not holding this up. Dame wants to play with Bam and Jimmy Butler. Everybody else is replaceable, and I don't think there's anybody good enough to be like, no, we're not going to get up, give up Caleb, uh, Caleb Martin. Um, yeah, Caleb Martin. Like he's not going to hold this up. I think it's really just the Portland not wanting to give up Dame, and they're going to make him like work for this, and they're going to make him like stretch this out. Like, do you want your, the fans in Portland to hate you if you sit out <laughs> the place that you spent? almost your entire career and do you want them to hate you every time you come back here and we're going to see if you're willing to sit out games at the beginning of the season for it and I think that's really what the Blazers are doing so that's that's part of it right because I think a lot of people feel right now and I, I went on a little bit of a rant about this last week or maybe even on Monday's show this week I can't remember where it seems like people feel as if the Suns package that ended up going out for Durant was good enough that the embarrassment of finally giving in was palatable because they got back a lot of stuff. And I just disagree with that completely, and I think people are telling on themselves when they say that. Although I will admit that the Miami offer is not as good as as what the Phoenix package is in theory, but also Lillard's not as good as Durant. He's more expensive. And, you know, it's a different situation for each team between Portland and Brooklyn. I actually think if Portland can get a couple of extra picks for Tyler Hero that eventually get back to them and Hero goes somewhere else, the package is pretty darn good for a team that already has a lot of core pieces, whereas the Nets did not have that. They wanted the players. But the reason I feel like people are telling on themselves is, what did we hear? We talked about this all summer. You were on every week with me the whole time this was going on. 
people were laughing at how bad the Suns offer was, even at its best. <laughs> Assuming Mikhail yeah. wasn't going to be in it, but I think even when we thought Mikhail might be in it, people did not think it was good enough. And I was people were I, saying. <laughs> People were saying we needed to add book into the deal. Yeah. Like it was getting weird. And I think that's kind of like where it like got probably weirder is the deal that we gave them. People were saying we lost it now when they were saying before that the Suns need to add book to the deal to get KD. I think that they're not going to ever get that far for the Dame thing. But I think like in general, like we probably had the weirder one just because KD he was pretty open. Like he said, the Suns are his top spot, but other teams were able to join in on that. Like mm -hmm. Bobby Marks was openly releasing teams, like people's deals that they were offered so he could hurt other teams. I don't think it's going to get that ugly. Most because it's just one-sided. Only the Blazers don't want this to happen. That's exactly, I mean, you're preaching to the choir. That's exactly what I think is, it was ridiculous about the whole thing is last summer, the Suns had this embarrassing, laughable offer that, that they couldn't even get to the table. And the fact that KD was so cute to think he was going to end up in Phoenix, despite them having, you know, uh, a pile of garbage to, to give back for him. Then it's, it's February 10th. And a lot of the analysis is like, man, the Suns really mortgaged their future. Like they're, they're giving up that. Meanwhile, we're coming off a stretch in, in in December and January where understandably people probably were not watching this team very closely, but Mikhail and Cam and different guys, well, not so much Cam, he was recovering from an injury, had all the opportunity in the world to prove that they could be those guys, and they did not prove that. So, And one of the dudes who went out was Jay Crowder, who was never going to play here again. So I, I just, it's a fundamental thing. It's very like sports media, media in general, to just evolve and change your take for whatever sounds the coolest the moment that it happens i get that i'm sure i've done it i do a show every day we all have to kind of do our thing but that that's the hilarious part of this and i feel like it will happen with miami where they will give up a trade hero will go to some third team they will get a pick or two back for hero portland will get you know four firsts and Hakez and Jovich and whatever. And, you know, by January, Jovich will be having a, a nice year. Hakez will do some good things. That pick will look solid because Miami doesn't, you know, go too hard in the regular season. And it's like pick 21. And you will hear people say that Portland got a nice reset package back for Lillard when he went to the Heat. That will happen. Like, write it down. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what's going to happen. It's the playbook. It's it. Like like I said earlier, like we're saying now, it's the exact same playbook as Durant. Durant played, though, so that's what I think is kind of going to be the deal sealer is how far is Dame willing to take this? Because it, like, from what, I'm, uh, from what I was hearing, like, Dame was like, I don't want you guys to use that pick. And it seems like they told Dame the, for months that they weren't going to use that pick, that they were going to trade it to get him a piece to play with, and it didn't happen, and that seemed like the bomb. Like, that seemed like the deal sealer and and with KD, it was just the entire thing. I think he wanted out from the start and he played ball still and he played really well. Like he was hooping before he got hurt. And, and it seems like the nets were like, all right, like he played and he was really ball until he got hurt. So let's just give him what he wants. Yeah. Let's transition there because I think that is interesting. It, it relates a little less to the Suns, although we can talk about the final kind of thing that got it over the finish line when it did come to February and, and revisit that a little bit. But that's the thing that will be interesting here because, again, Durant went back with Kyrie and a bunch of interesting role players. Dame's going back to a team that just got a lottery pick. That's a big distinction. What will happen there? We'll talk about it next. First, today's show brought to you 
by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is coming in, making therapy online better, more efficient, and easier for everybody who is interested. Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices, and the path forward may not always be clear. Whatever that means for you, whether you're dealing with decisions around your career relationships or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected with what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier that it gets. I always say this when we're talking about BetterHelp because it's a product I believe in, but it does not have to be something extreme. It does not have to be something that feels like it should make you go to therapy. It can just be a way to handle what life is throwing at you, have somebody to speak with, have somebody to vent to. Whatever way it makes sense for you, I promise it will help. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash NBA for 10% off your first month. All right, Aaron, so uh, let's continue on our conversation here about Kevin Durant, the blueprint, the playbook, and what it means for Damian Lillard. As I was saying to start this whole thing off, if I can pat my own back uh, a little bit again, um, we did the show the day that the Sean Marks, Joe Sy, Kevin Durant, Rich Kleiman statement came out, which is just, it should be in the, I've never been to the Basketball Hall of Fame, they should have a poster board of that stuck somewhere uh, about this era of the NBA. Maybe the tweet uh, next to the Paul Pierce rocket ship emoji picture tweet. Um, But that was, we were right on that too. We both said, we're not going to keep doing podcasts about this every week because there's more important stuff to get to, but this is not the end of this. A month later, Steve Nash gets fired. A couple months after that, KD gets hurt. Kyrie uh, starts missing games. They start losing. And before long, Kyrie is a Dallas Maverick. Kevin Durant is a Phoenix Sun. Can that happen with Damian Lillard? Because on the one hand, I actually think he's less likely to be the bad guy, but there's also way less credible case that, you know, that front office can make to him to say, hey, let's just try this again, blah, blah, blah. They have to be developing these young guys. It's it's against them, their best interest to try to bring bring Lillard back because that's exactly why they benched him to end last season. Yeah, I think the different part is I truly believe when they started the season, the Nets, like those guys thought they were going to finish that season with the Nets. I thought that like they like they started out hot, like they were like looking like a great playoff team that would be a tough out. And you can tell like they were planning to hoop together with Dame. It'll be weird. Like, yes, it'll be weird if he sits and Portland fans will have the right to be mad because he's waiting to get traded. But if he comes comes back it's just a star playing that's waiting to be traded like you know you're pretty much like renting dame for a couple months and while he's on the court doing dame stuff like there look like he wants to not be there and he's probably saying behind closed doors like i'm playing ball but i don't want to be there kd was hooping because he planned on being a net i truly believe that do you think the way this all played out made Sean Marks look better than if he had just traded Kevin Durant last summer for a little bit of a lesser package? Like, I think if they had really gotten down to it personally, and you tell me if I'm wrong, I think if the Nets had actually played ball in negotiations last summer, we might have gotten to a point where McHale was on the table. I think McHale partially never got offered because it became clear that 
Durant wasn't getting traded. They didn't want to do that, and they 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 weren't going to, and that Durant wasn't going to push the buttons hard enough to make it happen. I think they could have gotten Mikhail last summer. Do you think that like the the impression and perspective and reputation of that Nets front office somehow benefited because they they like dragged it out another eight months? Because that's kind of what it, it like. I, I feel people cheering for the Blazers front office now of like don't give in and this and that. It's like, if the trade's going to be the same either way, I don't really get why we want these guys to just like prolong it so that we can like pat them on the back afterward. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that Mark's made it very obvious. He didn't want to trade KD. Like once he leaked the uh, Jalen Brown trade, like you can tell that he wanted to just hurt teams. Like yeah. he wanted to make other people just look bad and, make KD look bad and pretty much show everyone that, no, I'm not trading KD, but I'll let everyone know what you're offering for him. I'll let your stars know what you're offering for him. And I think that was his whole point of it. It just to like kind of ruin the value. And he had his brother on TV, <laughs> like saying like, no trade is good. The Suns can't get him. I don't know why KD wants to go there. Like all of that stuff was pretty much him leaking stuff out to make it seem like he wasn't gonna trade KD at any point. With Dame, like, they have to get this out of the way. Like, it's going to be lingering over your season because Dame wants to go. It's not one of those things that he's going to let go now. He doesn't want to play with Scoot, and he just made that pretty obvious. Okay, wait. Bobby Marks is not Sean Marks' brother. They both work for the Nets. No, I know. I know. I just made a joke. Okay, okay, okay. I'm like, hold on. You made me Google it. I was like, one of them has an accent. The other one doesn't. Am I going crazy here? Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, to me, it's like the other part of it too, is Josiah wasn't willing to, to deal with this. Right. And I think that's kind of the other part. And that's what you and I were, were tweeting about too, is like, uh, I, I think Marks has a, a long leash. I thought they would fire Sean Marks last summer, but they got, they got Durant and Kyrie to, to just chill and, and it didn't get to that point. I think Marks is actually good at this part where he's going to now get to rebuild the team again. Cause he did a pretty good job the first time, but it was all yeah. up to, to Josiah and, he has, uh, he's recently bought the team. He has the money to throw at future issues. So he has kind of a position of leverage where it's like, you know, if you guys leave, I'm not screwed. I'll buy a team. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll, yeah. <laughs> I'll pay to, to get players back here. And, and we we're in New York city, you know, so I'm good. Whereas like the, the Allen family, in Portland, I, I don't know what their what their vibe on this is. They don't seem to be as involved as some ownership groups are, but um, I don't know how much they can stomach the embarrassment in the same way that Joe Sy could. Joe Sy was it felt like it became about his pride at a certain point, and that that changed things. Whereas I don't know what what things feel like in in, in the Blazers situation, and if this does drag out, how does that affect the sale? They seem to say they don't want to sell the team. I don't know why they wouldn't. Whatever. Uh, but that's a part of this too. The other way this is similar, and we can close on this, the Heat are in a very similar position to what the Suns were last summer, right? Like the Heat lost some talent. People were questioning what the what the kind of vibe and and, and ceiling of the team was going to be able to be coming off of a, I know they overperformed all things considered, but this is year three of the core not being able to get over the hump and win the championship in Miami. Suns were in a similar spot after two great seasons that ended in disappointment. The Suns, I, I do think if you're giving the case for what Marks and Cy were able to be able to do is that season sucked in Phoenix, right? And there was a yeah. level of desperation that comes along with that, that maybe there was a couple more picks or whatever, 
that you're able to get after that type of a situation. I could see something similar happen with Miami where it's like, you know, they don't have Gabe Vincent anymore. They don't have Max Struess. They signed a bunch of minimum guys. But, you know, Kyle Lowry is still their starting point guard, which is a big question. They could go into the season and it gets to January, February, and they're like three games under 500. And, and Pat Riley's like, all right, what, do we, what needs to happen here? You know what I mean? Even if Portland were to yeah. bring Dame back, I do think there's a, a version of this where Miami gets desperate. So maybe that is the right move. I don't know. Yeah, I can see the Blazers willing to wait this out because Miami has to win now. Like they, The Blazers are rebuilding. Regardless of if Dame is there or not, they're rebuilding. They, told, they tried to hold off telling Dame that they were in a rebuilding phase all this time while they were doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's very obvious that they are. So the fans know they're rebuilding. They know they're rebuilding. So you get a lot of like leeway with that. You're going to lose games. Your players have to grow all that. Miami was just in the finals and they lost a lot of people and it's going to be a tough season for them. And they know they need that last piece and they don't have the time to wait for it. Yeah. It's interesting. I, what's funny to me is the place I'm getting is exactly what you and I started to uh, become, you know, like a broken record with by the, you know, August, September days of last summer, which is at this point, it's all about how aggressive Dame and his camp are willing to get, you know, is he going to sit out? Yeah. <laughs> is he going to go public and, you know, instead of leaking stuff to Chris Haynes, do some sort of podcast or something where he, he gets crazy with it? I, I don't know. I don't think it's in guy's best interest to, to, push, to push it there. But the idea of Scoot Henderson coming off the bench and playing 18 minutes a game while Damian Lillard rolls it back out next year just feels unfathomable. So something's got to change there. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know which side's going to break first. In, in, in last year, it was KD. He broke first and decided yeah. to come to camp and, and, and cooperate. We said it a lot, though. We were like, if KD, how ugly can KD make this look? And we found out early. like He didn't want to make it look ugly. Harden, he has all the ability to make things look ugly to get traded. And so does Kyrie. Just KD just never really had that type of vibe. Yeah, we'll see. Um, <laughs> I don't think Damian Lillard does either, personally. So yeah. <laughs> it could it could get weird um, here. It it really it's just like Miami needs to cut the you know what and 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 really find a team for Lillard, find the picks that they're going to be able to to send out, put Martin, put the rookies in, and just deal with it. Like that, it's a great player. Yeah, they can. <laughs> They could always just send him to a team he doesn't want to go. And then it's like, will you really not play for them? Are you serious about not playing for the team we send you? They could always do that. They could. But then, you know, the case that I made when people would throw that at me with Duran is as much as we can say that t that players lose leverage when they try to do this with so, many, so much time left on their contract, there's also the inverse of it where it's like, so you're telling me the Utah Jazz are going to deal with four years of a pissed off Damian Lillard? <laughs> you know, like the Raptors could make the risk with Kawhi because because they knew at the at the end of the day, even if it went south, they only had to deal with it for one year. Like we always do it from the yeah. player's standpoint, but the team side is that way as well. Hey, discounted player because it's only one year. And if it goes to hell, well, we can pivot. And, and I, I think that yeah. actually helps teams more than we like pretend. Yeah, the Kawhi thing made it a lot easier because there was no – they knew he wasn't coming back. They just wanted that <laughs> ring regardless. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about Matt Ishbia responding to the accusations leveled against him uh, about 
Isaiah Thomas's role in a wonderful, just uh, escapade of media tour by by Chris Paul a few weeks back, as well as this bizarre, alleged but since disproven Nike Book One leak that may or may not have actually been real. All that after a word from Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good. They stretch, and they give you space. So instead of just comfort or just fashion, which is usually what you have to pick between, Bird Dogs gives you both. They really do. I have two pairs. I have a a workout pair. I have a comfort pair, kind of like around the house, errands, whatever you want to do. Both are amazing. And as I've said a hundred times now, the best part living in Arizona is that they breathe. They have anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. And they call it cloud knit fabric that looks like khaki but stretches. Meaning if you're out in the sun, we're in whatever the 150th straight day of 110 or over it feels like, you don't have to worry about stink or sweat stains or feeling uncomfortable. Bird Dogs breathe. They have that anti-sweat stuff. And they really work. Go to birddogs.com slash NBA. Enter the promo code LockedOnNBA at checkout. Free Yeti-style tumbler, hot drinks, cold drinks, whatever, on top of your order. It's free. It's promotional. It is right there for you. No purchase of a certain amount necessary. Just you get the, the tumbler with the purchase. Birddogs.com slash NBA or use the promo code LockedOnNBA at checkout. Closing out the show, let's talk about Matt HBA. Let's talk about Isaiah Thomas. Let's talk about the Nike book one. All right, let's start with uh, let's actually start with the shoes because I think there's there's more meat on the bone there, Aaron. Um, you and I were texting about this. There has since been some some rumors and reports uh, clarifying that this is actually maybe not a real uh, promo or, or like um, initial release or prototype of Booker's signature sneaker with Nike. They are. I'll let you describe the shoe uh, for everybody and and what your reaction was when the picture leaked from, I believe, Kicks Finder, which is something I honestly had never heard of until yesterday. <laughs> the second I saw him, I was like, Why are, what's everybody posting skateboard shoes? <laughs> like, that was the first thing I thought. <laughs> and then I saw that it was supposed to be for a book, and I was like, oh, God. And I'm in, like, an NBA group chat, and I saw that there was a lot of messages in there. And I knew once I saw the shoe and I saw the book thing, I knew it was just a bunch of messages of me getting made fun of because of the shoe. And that's pretty much what it was. So yeah, it was just, they posted a skateboard shoe for Booker's first shoe. And yeah, I had to do some research to find out if it was real. And I, we have like the same barber who was my barber in high school and I text him immediately. And he was like, no, that's not a real shoe. So (laughs) <laughs> it does not seem to be real. And as 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 maybe worried as I was when I saw it, and I saw a lot of people who were like, well, you know, he's very reserved. He's very like, uh, you know, kind of low profile. So it makes sense. He would have a sneaker that that was similar and all this and that. But we've seen what what his first kind of incarnations with Nike have been with the uh, the Protros and, and some of the, you know, lines of other shoes that he got a, a crack at as his partnership with them was was growing. Like I'm looking at the purples, I'm looking at the the orange and whites, I'm looking at the kind of valley themed uh, kind of fade to sunset stuff that he's put out in the past. He had the the Moss Point Air Force Ones. Like yes, they might be low profile, but he has good taste. They're not ugly. 
Like, I, I don't yeah. think the final version of this is going to look anything like whatever these were, even if I don't fully buy the full response that we saw, which was like, oh, no, this is a different line that Nike's developing. And it just happens to say book on the tongue. Why would it why would it have the nickname yeah. of one of your signature athletes on the yeah. tongue if it had nothing? So maybe it was something they were cooking up. I don't think it's his signature sneaker, though. Yeah, I just don't know who's hooping in like suede black shoes, though. Like I, that was like my point. Like yeah. as a person that hoops regularly, that just doesn't work for anybody. Like no, and these these people, like the the designers and whatnot, are big into, you know, they want to have the whole write up of a little pamphlet for you of all the technology for support and movement and athleticism and all this stuff that uh, that they want to show off. I really do not think that they would be, uh, you know, putting. It's just like a flat bottom with nothing like it doesn't even yeah like you said it does not even look like a basketball yeah. shoe so uh, i i don't i don't think this is it might it might come out in some form or fashion i do not think this is going to be the grand unveiling of of books for a shoe although it is coming soon and uh we'll see what it looks like um let's pivot and close with matt ishbia responding to the accusations of Isaiah Thomas's involvement in the front office. I will say that as far as his denial goes, it is funny to say that denial at the same time that Isaiah Thomas is sitting courtside at all these summer league games with the Suns front office, you know, whatever. We know he's involved in some form or fashion and Ishbia didn't exactly deny that in, in full, but he pretty much just said, you know, I have, I have sought out the advice of everybody from Isaiah to Tom Izzo to Mateen Cleaves to Charlie Bell and all these guys that, uh, I mean, legitimately have roles at his mortgage company. So it's not exactly a surprise, but he did go out of his way to say that the Chris Paul trade and any other deals that have happened are being decided upon by people who actually work for the Suns. Do you believe this or is this damage control? I do believe it, especially once Vogel, like, once Vogel talked about how he wanted to play as a team on defense and all that stuff, like fighting over screens and fighting through them and man defense and all that stuff, I was like, yeah, Chris Paul was never going to do that. It, was, it wasn't going to work. <laughs> so, like, with just, like, scheme-wise, it seemed like a lot more people other than Isaiah Thomas would have had say in whether Chris Paul was on the team or not. I agree with you. I also still would not be surprised if at some point some of these people get roles with the team. But I, I've also yeah, I been think at some point, who knows? <laughs> I've also been making the point though, and I don't know if you if you have thoughts on this, but they've been hiring really young. You know what I mean? And like I, I did a segment the other day when they hired the new GM of the Mercury, who's coming over from the Warriors and started out with Phoenix like ten years ago. Um, he's like in his mid thirties, and he's about to be a GM of the Mercury, which has never or not for a long time have they had a, a standalone GM and he's another guy who's young, similar to the president of the team and some of the front office additions that they've made. So I guess in that way, going out and getting, you know, 60, 70 year old Isaiah Thomas, whatever he is, wouldn't exactly fit the trends that we're seeing. So maybe that's a good sign. Yeah. And I think like they know sitting next to Isaiah Thomas, they're going to get questions about it now. Like it's just one of those things is, because they could have just sealed this easy and be like, yes, Isaiah Thomas works for us. That's why he's over here. To just keep this lie going, it just doesn't make any sense. If he works for us, just say it, and we can deal with that backlash now and hate it for a very long time. And if he doesn't, it's just your boy hanging out with you that went to the same college. Then that's fine. Yeah, and I can I, I feel your uh, 
being done talking about this coming through a little bit, and I feel it. Um, I do just want to ask, like, one last thing, just for the sake of conversation. Do you think the NBA would have, like, do you think there's a part of this where the NBA would have an issue with him working for a team again? I mean, he works for their own media company right now, so there's that. But, like, I wonder if there's kind of an unspoken thing of, like, same way John Gruden's not coming back, like, Isaiah Thomas is not going to work for a team again. There might be a kind of a thing there. They let him talk about the NBA a lot, though, like <laughs> on their stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that once the all the payments got put out, they're like, it's still Isaiah Thomas, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. Like they seem to let him still work in NBA areas and they don't seem to mind it. They let Carl Malone get honored at the All-Star break last week. Yes, so, very Our true. last All-Star game. So I don't think the NBA really looks that far ahead on this kind of stuff. No, I think I think most sports or uh, leagues operate as like we're too big to get it's too screwed over by any one thing. We'll handle it and put out the fire if we need to. I do think it's funny speaking of Ishbia though that the Pistons still have the UWM patch. Like this, oh. it, basically, this summer league is kind of like the next season starting, and I had kind of figured like the weirdness around a team owner of another team, their company being featured on the patch Sponsor, of a different yeah. team would end, but they're out there and Osar Thompson still rocking a UWM patch on his, on his Pistons Jersey in Vegas, which is, is just very weird to me. Maybe, maybe it will be done by October, but uh, Ishbia, I think Ishbia thought he was going to be more involved in Michigan and kind of had to pivot here. Yeah. That one seems weird just because I don't think the league ever planned for it. <laughs> that a dude would be sponsoring another team with his patch and owning another one. He's been wanting to own a team for a long time or be involved with it. I think that was his way of being involved while it was like a Michigan thing. But once he got the opportunity with Sarver being suspended, it was like, all right, I got another one. And they kind of just got themselves caught in this kind of weird situation. Yeah. It's, it's very harmless fun, but it is, it is funny to see. I do. uh, Yeah. I mean, Big W for Ishbia to own the Suns instead of the Detroit Pistons, but we'll see how it wraps up. That'll wrap us up. Hit follow or subscribe. We'll have a show tomorrow with Mike Prada of The Athletic, longtime SB Nation writer who started the Washington Wizards site over there, and we'll be breaking down all things Bradley Beal, his fit here, his growth over time. Is the injury stuff, is the shooting stuff an actual concern or just fake? We'll have that show to close out the week. We'll be here every day throughout the offseason and beyond. Hit follow or subscribe, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow.